here. Take my back radio. It's looking at me. He's an ugly little spot, isn't he? I think he can hear you right now. I made a money! That little boy did it! Alright, you are listening to The Cave, a sort of weekly podcast that's looking at the best and worst in pop culture from yesteryear to tomorrow and beyond. Hello to you wherever and whenever you are in the world. My name is Shane Adamzak and with me as always is the D20 to my bag of holding, Mr. Paul Gravovac. Okay, how come you can't win an Olympic medal if you like are accused of doping, but you can win a Grammy if you use autotune? Huh. Well... People accept autotune as a, as a, like, almost like its own instrument now. I mean, look at T-Pain. He's nothing but autotune. Yeah, but he's also someone who can sing without autotune. He's proven that. And these people can, like, run and jump and swim and throw swords like, like anyone who plays the sports. They just do it a bit better with some drugs. Huh. Well, I don't know. Write a letter to the Olympic Committee. Man, that's yep. a pretty good. If pretty. You would like to talk to your local Olympian? Send them a letter. Care of the Olympics uh, Council, uh, Elrond Court, at sports.com. dot org. dot au. Yeah, how's the uh, how's the Northern Territory treating you, buddy? Buddy boy. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of like Australia, but but in the north, huh. but higher. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's still really muggy. Still really sweaty. Drinking about twelve liters of water a day. It's pretty good. Oh, cool. But I'll tell you what, I've been doing passing the time since last we recorded. What? Playing Super Mario Odyssey. Oh, no way. I never would have picked it. Uh, is it oh, great? I've heard really good things. Golly gosh. Yes, everything you've heard. It is so, so good. I don't want to just be a fanboy because I am. Um, but honestly, objectively, if you ever played Super Mario Sunshine or Super Mario 64, or... Any of the Mario games, uh, like the classic sort of side-scrolling ones from the 16, 32, even the 8-bit era. Um, this is <laughs> this is perfection. It pays homage to every, every generation of Mario. It allows you... It is a big collect-a-thon, but it, it never feels like anything's out of reach. Like, there's a lot of easy challenges for, like, obviously younger kids or just getting your bearings in the game. And then you finish the game... And so you're collecting power moons instead of stars. I know I'm jumping around a bit because I'm still in the midst of all. I finished the campaign. It it has one of the most satisfying endings of a Mario game ever. Like this is the first Mario game where I don't want to spoil the ending because oh. normally who cares? Yeah, you save the princess, whatever. Like it it's so much more than that now because this game kind of in the Breath of the Wild sort of sense makes tribute to everything that came before it and iterates it in a way that just makes you feel comfortable yet excited to explore. It's so good. Cool. Uh, any any game highlights, uh, new things that are added to the game that are really like setting it apart from the rest? Yes. Uh, I will say sort of the, the gameplay loop. You know how normally you enter a Mario world and you have to get from A to B and it's quite a journey and then you get the star and then you, you know, rinse and repeat. Sure. Where in this game you know, you're collecting these power moons rather than stars, but you're collecting them every two to three minutes, really. No matter where you look, there's a little puzzle or a little challenge or something to decipher where you can earn yourself a power moon. I mean, there's something like 900 plus of them throughout the 16, 17 kingdoms. Holy shit. And it, 
it's it's insane. Like you you will play a level for hours and go, there can't be anything left. And then you go look at the list under the map, and there's twenty more to find. And it, it scales in that way where you 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 find these progressively harder to find power moons, and the puzzles that they're centered around become more complex and the bag of tricks that Nintendo can draw upon, you know, is a 30-odd year history of tricks, and they use every single one and in new and exciting ways. And I, th- in a few months, maybe we can do a bit of a spoiler cast where you divulge some of the stuff that happens. I really hope you get to play it by then. And yeah, um, yeah can't recommend it enough. It's, it's one of those great Switch games that you can play for, you know, 10, 15 minutes, put it down, go do something else, um, much like Breath of the Wild, and I can't recommend it enough. Great. I love it. I can't okay, wait. I'm actually quick, really excited. Quick, to quick play. pop quiz for you there, Adam Zach. Yes. Spell Odyssey right now. Spell Odyssey. Go. Uh, o D. Uh, Faster. Faster. D E S C Y. Mm, see? It's actually O D Y S S E Y. And yeah, that's I know witchcraft that because I've seen that word more times this week than I have in my entire life. Huh. Well, there you go. It's also just a word I struggled to spell for a really long time. Yeah. Until now. I struggle to spell most words. Mm-hmm. Like hat yeah. and th- Yeah. Boy. Looking. Hey, so what have you been up to, man? Um, I, uh, well, I finished my show, Stasis, uh, last week, and I've kind of had a little bit of time off, which has been good. My apartment is just filled with props from the show, which I've slowly been uh, dealing with. <laughs> Because <laughs> my apartment is not not big, and the set was quite big, so some of the stuff uh, my brother thankfully put in his shed. Other stuff is just lying around here. Uh, had a few days down south, which was nice. Went to Rottnest. Uh, took a Canadian friend of mine around to see some of Australia. Um, I yes. bought. I don't know if you know this yet, Paul, but I bought myself a uh, life size remote control BB-8. No, I didn't know that. That's pretty uh, cool. That's pretty damn cool. Yeah, it's kind of amazing, and I took it around to my brother's house to show my nephew Walt the other day, and the thing is, like, uh, it's about half the size that he is, uh, he's, he's almost <laughs> two, uh, it was quite enjoyable to watch him interact, because I'm standing, you know, the other side of the room with the remote control driving it around, he's just, like, hanging out with his robot pal, walking around like a robot, I'm chasing him with BB-8, he, uh, of course, tried to rip BB-8's head off and did a few times, and then had a go of the remote control and crashed him several times. But that's just part of the okay, joy. so it's a durable toy is what you're telling me. It's pretty durable, yeah. It's still very much alive. Uh, the one thing is, though, that I've discovered about it is that to take the batteries out and actually turn the thing off, you have to take the main large ball apart and you have to unscrew it and take, like, the gears and stuff, like, on the inside and turn it off there. You can't just turn it off from the outside. So, basically, it's a long yeah. process to turn it off. Otherwise, you have to leave it on and it just makes noises all night. Yep. Just walks around your apartment just making noises. Can you can you not is there a charging port? It's all all the mechanics and all the battery are like inside it that you need to like use a screwdriver to get to. It's a real pain in the vagina, let me tell you. That's that's wildly annoying. But the thing itself is very cool and yes, you can have a turn of it when we're next in the same town. Well, maybe we can race them cuz I've got the Sphero BB8 which is probably like one tenth the size of yours. Yeah, but yours um, definitely uh, steers better than mine. I can tell you that much for free. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just think BB-8, by his very design, doesn't steer very well. Yeah, like quite a few times the uh, the head part has fallen off. But uh, oh yeah, been there. Sitting, we've, sitting look, we've all right. been there. 
Yeah. Uh, so yes, here's another thing that's uh, recently been added to the Nerd Cave, as well as some more more vintage Star Wars figures. Oh boy, I really, oh, no way. really, really. Remember, like many many episodes ago, I bought the first couple, and I was like, oh, I'm just going to collect a few. I'm way far down the rabbit hole now, Paul. Way far down. Oh, I mean, Alice, I'm in some serious strife. I'm like looking at getting vehicles and like play sets and stuff now. It's it's becoming a well, very it was dangerous, nice knowing you, buddy. Very dangerous and expensive habit. Let me tell you that much for free. Um, <laughs> got a haircut and I got my my beard's gone, so I look like a little boy again. That's fun. Great, ladies. If you mm. heard that here first, yeah, I look like a little boy, and I'm single and free of shingles. So, great. That's hey, good. Paul. Can That's I ask you a thing. question, Paul? What's your opinion? You may. On TV shows about people watching TV shows. Do you know what I'm um, talking about? I, I, I do know what you're talking about. It's called like Gogglebox or Googlebox or something. There's, there's one called Gogglebox. It's Google basically Box. the dumbest, dumbest thing I've ever heard of. You're watching a show and you're watching people watching a show. Like there's one uh, where some people are just watching and talking about The Bachelor, which I think is on Channel 10. Um, and yeah, and there's Gogglebox, which is people watching a bunch of different shows and commenting on it. Look, I, I, I think this is a culture that we've kind of created. And by we, I mean that sort of YouTube culture of like reaction videos and commentary videos and the popularity of those. It only was a matter of time before it infiltrated itself onto TV, right? Yeah, it's television for stupid people. Am I right? Yeah, but then how far down the rabbit hole of this do you want to go? Because what if you talk about um, sports commentary shows where... You know, there's a there's a weekly roundup of all the sports, and it's people rewatching games and talking about the games that people have already watched. Is that yeah? But that the thing is that that's the same category. That's like a roundup though of like all the sport that's happened in the in, in the week per se. I'm talking about like people who are literally like watching a show as you're watching it. They tried it on uh, the ABC when they tried to do that Rove McManus like roundup of Doctor Who, where they were just recapping the episode. I don't care about people watching a show. I'll just watch the show. I can just Wait, watch hang the on. show. Is it happening at the same time? Like you're watching the show? No. And then so you're like, watching you... their commentary on an app or something while you're, while you're watching? Or No, it's like... Oh, actually, I'm not sure about the Channel 10 one, but the Doctor Who one was a separate thing. But I okay. propose... I propose this to you, Paul. Let's take this to the next level. Let's see how stupid people are. How about mm-hmm. you and I, when we're both back in Perth, do you want to start... I guess it'll have to be a YouTube channel where we watch... Shows about people watching TV shows, and that's our show. Oh, wholeheartedly, yes. I Are you on board? This. And, and we'll if you want it... to back us on our uh, uh, GoFundMe campaign for this TV show... <laughs> the show will be called uh, The Cave we'll, Watches we'll People Watching up. Stuff. The Cave Watches People Watching Stuff. That's what we'll call it. Yeah. Yeah. Great. I love it. The cave Watches People Watching Stuff. Oh, if only there... Okay, we'll see how, how many layers we can make this work. I like it. Okay, I'm in. Great. All right. So that's our, that's our little plan for when we get back. Um, uh, anything else you want to talk about before we get into the uh, the nuts and bolts of the episode? Uh, just Super Mario Odyssey again. It's pure perfection. You love just it, right? You that. having a good time? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And uh, uh, Super Mario Odyssey, of course, is something I'd want to bring up as well. Um, <laughs> if you guys are looking for something to play. Yeah. Um, I know PSX, uh, sorry, Paris Games Week just um, happened. And they showed a lot of great games, uh, PlayStation-centric games. But, um, yeah, I think Super Mario Odyssey is, is probably the game you're watching out for. And what are you uh, playing at the moment? Oh, I'm glad you asked. I'm actually playing uh, a little little indie title uh, uh, released on Nintendo last week called Super Mario Odyssey. Oh, sounds good. Yeah, it's, um, it's fun. You're playing some sort of industry tradesman, I, I don't know, electrician or something. And, oh, right. um, yeah, he, he just has a hat 
and uh, you spend a lot of time with the hat while you're chasing <laughs> a big lizard. Oh, that's cool. Um, hey, yeah, look, we did day. our episode. We did our episode uh, a couple of weeks ago about our favourite animated episodes of all time. Uh, mm. Quite a good response to that episode. People seem to really jump on board that one. Uh, we got an email from our friend and listener Pete Muller. I think it's Muller. Mueller. Sorry if I'm saying that wrong, Pete. Uh, anyway, Pete, you son I'm of pretty, a bitch, Shane. I'm pretty sure I'm saying the Pete part right. Anyway, uh, he wrote in and said that he liked the episode. Uh, his favorite animated episode ever would have to be the first episode of Cowboy Bebop. So much style, hints of what was to come, the music, a stunning start to a superb series. Uh, he also says from The Simpsons, very hard for us to pick a Simpsons episode, Homer and Apu, yep. uh, if only for the bad checks list in the middle uh, on the side of the Quickie Mart cash register. South Park, <laughs> an episode makes, sorry, South Park, an elephant, an elephant makes love to a pig. One of the earliest episodes Great has episode. perfect blends of what the fuck and I don't give a fuck. And the elephant pig was a surreal and biting and completely befuddling to his father. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> uh, he also says Lucky Star, which is a show that I don't know at all, actually. Uh, the one where the girls finally perform their own theme song as part of the school fate. Joys to the point of tears. I think maybe that's an anime uh, show. Maybe, or it's the sequel to Brave Star that we never knew. Yeah, maybe. Anyway, so yeah, thanks, Pete, for writing in. Uh, if you guys ever want to contact us and let us know your favourite animated episodes, let us know. Uh, have you got a yeah, gu- has no shingles. I have no shingles, guys. I'm completely free of shingles, as far as I know. Uh, have you got a game for us to play this week, Paul? I do, I do. I, I, I had so much fun writing down last year, uh, last year, last week's game uh, yep. about trying to name the movie based on vague descriptions. Yeah, so I, I thought I'd do it again that. for you. Great, uh, but Shane, first, I'm going to need a theme song from you. Go. Pa 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 wants you to guess what this movie is. Pa 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 pa, he's not going to tell you a very good description of it. Love it. Cha. Yeah. Alright Shane, are you ready to play Can You Guess This Movie from my very vague and ambiguous description? I am as ready as I possibly can be, my friend. Okay, that game title might need to be shortened somehow. No, I I like it. If anything, we should have titles that are longer than other things. Oh, I can do that too. That's Uh, (laughs) handy. Okay, so I've I've basically come up with a format. What I'm going to do is give you a sentence at a time and give you roughly five seconds-ish between each sentence for you to either have a guess or, yeah. you know, just to try and mull it over, okay? Okay, great. All right, and don't forget you can play along at home, tweet me your answers, or just shout them at the, uh, at the phone or at the radio, however you're listening. Just yeah, yell just loudly. Sc- just scream great. them into the sky wherever you are in the world. <laughs> exactly. Right into a cloud's face. Okay. I like that. I Here like the go. idea of someone on the bus just going, oh, the original Buffy movie, or something, just real loud. <laughs> oh, yeah. Here we go. Okay. A person disillusioned by his life takes okay. a risk to spend time with a person he only met by chance on a flight. Oh. They become firm friends as his confidence boosts in the presence of his former stranger. Yeah, is it Fight Club? God damn it, Shane. <laughs> you know, you know, people playing at home would have had a lot more fun if you waited a bit longer. Uh, I'm sorry, but it was just sprung to mind when you said they met on a plane. Yeah, I've got. To, I've really got to figure out how loosey goosey. Oh, I can't believe flight gave it away. 
We've, All right, well, we've look, watched I'm too many of the rest of these clues. Yeah, please keep going. I do love them. <laughs> okay, so the last one I just said is uh, they became firm friends as his confidence boosts in the presence of this former stranger. <laughs> Our main yeah. protagonist learns from his friend and, enamored by their experiences, go into business together. Because they make the soap. Yeah, yeah, totally. He quits his job and they form a place for people who feel the same way to come and air their grievances. <laughs> yes. A woman comes between them in some oh. ways, but mostly in the same ways for both of them. Oh, that's a good one. That's that's cryptic, mm. but if you know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, that's, cool. that's where I was hoping you'd start to pick up on what was going on. Uh, all right. Uh, the escalating business model doesn't sit well with our protagonist, so he attempts to uncover the truth about his friend. Oh. Yep. The group they had formed spirals out of control, and eventually he moves to confront his friend. When our protagonist does, however, we realize he was... <laughs> Really, his own worst enemy. <laughs> oh, very good. And then the very last clue was, and he shoots himself in the mouth. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, I think I would have got it, got it towards the end there. Um, <laughs> I think, yeah, it's real good. I really like this game. I think next time you're just going to have to start way vaguer. Oh, I really am. I'll be like, there is a man. <laughs> there is a woman and a man. It is a film. They- the man walks into a room. Ah, oh, the Flintstones it... movie. Oh, God damn it! How'd you do that? <laughs> oh, well, he does. There's that bit where Fred walks into that room. Yeah, that's true. That is one of the few films where that occurs. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, well done. Uh, I really thank like you, it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Did you, did you um, get it at home? I do Let's... have sort of something else to talk about. Like, I mean, I think Fight Club kind of like really epitomizes what I'm talking about. You know, there's that line in Fight Club where Brad Pitt's talking about sort of the state of uh, sort of men and masculinities, like hell, we're a generation of men raised by women. Yeah, but just quickly, you're not going to talk about Fight Club, are you? Because that is the first rule. Oh, no, definitely not. Definitely not. I'm just saying that sort of line and that sort of idea springboards to what I want to talk about this episode, which is kind of the state of geekdom or nerddom where we are now we've we've spoken in the past on previous episodes about how sort of the nerds and the geeks have inherited the earth we're no longer these sort of shunned uh you're a nerd stuck in the corner you know being fanboys of things that aren't necessarily sports or overly masculine is acceptable and cool and all right um but i have this little nagging feeling now that the winds of change are upon us. Ooh. No trend lasts forever. So my question to you, Shane, is what do you think the changing trend is going to be? I mean, you can even feel it, say, in, in the Marvel movies. We're getting to phase three, and it's time to wind things down. Like, things are reaching their culmination. Like, generations change, you know quite significantly over, let's say, 10 years. And we're hitting that part of 10 years when it comes to this sort of nerddom and geekdom. Yeah. Holding, let's say, holding sway in the world. Yeah. And I'm just wondering if you can feel that change and where you think we're headed to as as a sort of culture. Like 10 years from now, what's going to be like the dominant culture? 
Well, I think there's lots of things that tend to hang around. That just makes me think of the fact that the... It's is slightly off topic, but maybe not. The, the 2012 Nickelodeon Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, show finishes this year and is being rebooted uh, next year after basically a successful six-year run. And I, I was watching... Uh, Pixel Dan on YouTube, I, he's a toy collector that I follow, he made a really good point with the idea of this, like, rebooting a show so quickly, is the idea that it's sort of keeping the brand alive, but the people that started watching it when they were six, uh, even up to 12 years old, are, like, kind of grown out of it now, and it's rebooting it for a new generation to keep the brand and keep that alive, and what that does uh, is keep it in the ether and keep it, for the long-term fans, keeps it popular, and that benefits everybody by introducing these franchises to new people and younger yeah, younger yeah. People. i mean that's that's true i mean the same is true of video games which is why why call of duty sells as well as it does every single year because every single year there's a you know a million new 12 year old boys yeah, and yeah. girls who want to shoot people in the face but <laughs> i guess i guess what i'm saying is well, why the turtles stay relevant, obviously you can really burrow down to it and talk about how they represent the four humours and it's a, it, it, it crosses generations because it's a relatable set of four characters that yeah. you know, a, lot of, a lot of storytellers use, which is maybe the same reason Star Wars hangs around. And you're right, some things stay after the generational change comes, but you see things like the 60s was that, you know, let's be very stereotypical and generic here, the 60s was that hippie sort of, free love culture the 70s you shift more into the sort of like the 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 height of free love and drugs and and hashtag disco sucks the 80s things got pretty fucking cray and you know people turned rather from sort of an organic based life to a more material girl world um 90s was sort of the settling of that the noughties you know the rise of the sort of um I don't know, how would you describe the noughties? Bullshit. Uh, street, street level, you know? There was a huge rise in sort of like hip-hop culture and indie culture, things that came off the streets. Yeah, a lot of hipsters um, being existing. Yeah, well, I'd say hipsters is more the end of the noughties into the sort of era we're in now. Um, I think indies held the slot in the noughties and then transformed into hipsters. Um and now, like as a part of that, I think we're we're, we're we're part of that culture where the geeks and the nerds are part of that hipster indie vibe. Like, there's it does feel like sometimes like it's a bit of an offshoot of the of hipster culture. Uh, but yeah, I, mean, I think there's different strands of anything. You can be you can pick and choose. You don't just have to sit in one uh, one category. I think you can be like. A rock and roll geek. You can be a music uh, geek. Oh, totally. totally. Uh, I mean, we've acknowledged that you can be a sports geek. You can be a sports nerd. Exactly. You know everything about sports. But I guess what I'm asking you is, in the, let's say 10 years from now, yeah. what do you think is going to be the dominant culture? Like, do you think it's going to be something like, yeah, YouTube really put its feet in the ground and so did Netflix and were just such a screen, like a truly screen-centric world yeah or will there be this shift that sort of rebels against it i mean you already hear stories about kids moving into high school who are rejecting facebook like saying no we won't be a part of this now like the touring and throwing of like society where do you think we're headed 
Oh, look, if, if Facebook disappears, it'll just go the way of MySpace and just be replaced by whatever the next thing is. And whether that's a hologram chip that goes in your eye uh, or something like that. God, I hope so. Uh, yeah, me too. I hope there's a chip in your eye. Uh, I'm going to have mm-hmm. one that's just a, a watch that projects uh, a little computer screen. Uh, look, technology is constantly advancing. Uh, there's no point trying to fight it. Just go with it. It's going to happen The anyway. robots will come. The robots are coming. They're going to take over the world. Uh, and we'll be enslaved by giant ants. Eventually. I say ride that wave. And have fun what while doing it. Yeah. Okay, because I, I think... I think in ten years... This whole comic book movie thing will have gone... I think we'll see... And even... Not, not to the levels of Idiocracy, the great, great movie that many people think is prophetic, um, but rather we're going to be in a world where 140 characters is too long. Um, I think we're going to head to a world where geek culture will be absorbed alongside just about every other kind of culture. I think we're going to see a homogenization of all nerd or media-based fandom. Like all music, all movies, all text-based work, performance-based work. I think it's going to reach this weird zenith where they overlap and technology is going to be a big part of that. So I don't know whether we can even have geeks and nerds in the future where the microchips in our heads are going to have all the information stored for us or whether we're going to revert to... I don't know, maybe, maybe the rejection method or the cyclical nature of history means we're going to go back to more of an earth-based, hippie-based, mother nature-based future. As long as I don't have to drink, drink kombucha or eat kale. No, but you will have to drink your own wee. That's fine. As long as I've got my hoverboard, I'll be fine. Yeah, sweet. All right, cool. Great, great. Um, hey, what we... do you guys think? Like, I know this is a bit of a heady topic and kind of veers away from what I originally said, the state of geekdom, but like... I'm really interested to know where people think they're where we are headed because it sort of lets us know where we are headed. If the general consensus from people is like, oh, we're going to go in X direction and you thought we're all going in Y, maybe there's a middle ground that we don't know about yet. How quickly are you all ready to bow down to Skynet or will you join the resistance and fight them? I think is basically what Paul's trying to ask. Yeah, basically also play Super Mario Odyssey. Yes. Uh, hey, Paul, we just had a few last-minute questions uh, come in on the Facebook. Um, mm-hmm. Jessica Gabriel, my friend from Canada, says, How many dead people do you know? Like, do you know, uh, do you interact or dialogue with any dead people or ghosts on a regular basis? Paul? Well, look, you... straight off the bat, I ain't afraid of no ghosts. Yeah, I ain't afraid but, of no ghosts um... either. Buster makes me feel good. Interact, I don't know, but and dialogue, it's more of a monologue. Like, I talk to a lot of dead people and ghosts, but um, I don't know if they're there, if that makes sense. Can I just say, Paul, hey, guy upstairs, shut the fuck, shut up the fuck, what are you just scraping the ground with a shovel? Just be quiet, <laughs> I'm trying to record a podcast down here. It's just like it's moving a dead body and, around. Yeah, and get off Shane's lawn. Yeah, get off my lawn, man. Anyway. Um, yeah, so that's, that's what I'll say. What about you, Shane? Any dead people? Any ghosts? I can't say I've ever had any like experiences with uh, ghosts that, I, that I'd like to report. Uh, I know people that I... Halloween just happened. You sure there weren't any sort of spooktacular 
guests? Um, I changed the sheets on my bed and briefly while doing that, I pretended to be a ghost. That's about yes. it. Um, no, but, nothing to report there. Al France says, I just watched Catwoman for the first time. Well, yeah, there's your first mistake. Uh, and I'm wondering, if you had a hundred million dollars to make a movie adaptation of any character with full creative control, which would you choose and how many times better than Catwoman would it be? Well, it would be a trillion <laughs> times better than Catwoman because that movie is a big old pile of trash. Um, what would you do, Paul? Yeah. You could take any comic book, uh, any character. Well, it just says any character. It doesn't even say comic book. Well, that's true. If you can make a movie adaptation of any any character, yeah, all right. Oh my god. Um, see, I've got to be careful here because one of my impulses was to be like, oh, Optimus Prime. It's like, well, no, I just want to make a better Transformers movie. Yeah, not a better character study of like. Optimus Prime. Yeah. Um, all right. All right. I would. Oh, gosh oh, darn it. He's struggling. I think I'll... Do you have anyone? I'm yeah. Just, I've I got think... 100,000 thoughts here. I'm, I'm, I'm going to assume that Al... I'm going to stick with comic book characters. And just looking at my shelf, I would love to make a really good Swamp Thing uh, movie based on the Alan Moore run of Swamp Thing. Because oh, uh, nice. such a good such a good character. And I think like... They, they made a couple of movies in the 80s, which were fine, but they weren't great. And, like, the things you could do now, I would still love to do everything, uh, no CGI, just all prosthetics and, and practical effects. But I think we could make a really, really, really good Swamp Thing movie, and I would, I would love to ta- I'd be tackle that. that. I'd be well into that. Yeah. Um, God, I'm struggling to lock down one, because the, the other idea I had was to make one... Uh, a movie about The Boys, the series The Boys. Oh, I would love to see a movie of The Boys. Yep. And I think, I think that, I think it would be better served as a TV show. But if like, if, if I can make a movie about it, it would be the boys and it would be centered, um, as a character study, it'd be centered mostly on, um, Simon Pegg's character. Yeah. Great. (laughs) Um, what was his name in real life? Mickey? No. Uh, I haven't read it for ages. I'm not sure. Um, Uh, but yeah, I, I would, I would pay to see a movie of the boys. That would be awesome. Yeah, so it would focus. It would focus only on his character. This is a comic book by Garth Ennis, um, Huey Huey Campbell. That's right. Great. It would follow Huey Campbell for two and a half hours, being absorbed into the boys' universe, played by Simon and Pegg, basically uncovering the plot uh, twist that exists within the comic book series. But I'd leave it kind of open ended. Yeah, would he would he be played by Simon Pegg? Uh, well, yeah, it'd have to happen really soon. I think it should. I think it should be played by Simon Pegg. Because if you've ever read it, um, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't, The Boys by Gareth Ennis and Derek Robertson. Um, find it. I think it's a 12-issue uh, run. Like, you've got these 12 books, uh, collections. It did come out in paperbacks, but there's 12 sort of softish back collections. W- would you call them hardbacks? What are they called? Uh, they're, they're paperbacks, yeah. Yeah. Um, 12 issues, they're stunning the character work and the sort of commentary it's kind of like a meta sequel to the watchman yeah in a way like um it it literally answers who watches the watchman of the watchman i guess it's probably the best way to describe that sure and um yeah okay that's what i do and i think in terms of how many times better than catwoman it would be like a Um, a trillion 
yeah, equivalent to every dollar that gets put into it. So we've been given a hundred million dollars. It'd be a hundred yes. million times better than the Catwoman movie. Uh, finally, Stephen Platt on Facebook asks, in your opinion, what are the most underrated fruits? Personally, I feel tangerines don't get enough positive press. <laughs> Look, he's not wrong, uh, mainly because you don't press a tangerine, you squeeze a tangerine. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, that's probably why that is Stephen Platt. Um, for me, I'm going to say prickly pears. Mm. I don't think prickly pears get enough, uh, enough time in the sunshine. I had this thing when I was in Thailand earlier this year that was like a cross between an apple and a pear, and I wish I could remember what it was called, but it was real good. And uh, I don't know, are mangoes popular? I feel like they're not. I really like them. In what world are mangoes not popular? I don't know. People seem... I just know a lot of people that don't like them. Which just... I don't know anybody who doesn't like them. And if I did, I'd disowned them from my brain. Great. Well, maybe that's what happened. Um, okay. Mangoes are delicious. And they are very prevalent in the Northern Territory of Australia. Look, you don't like mangoes. Just... You're fired from the show. Just take your earplugs out and get out of here. Well, it's only me. And I love mangoes. I just said it. Take your earbuds off and get out of here. But if I take my earbuds out, I can't hear you. And then that's... It's going to be bullshit. No, I'm talking to everybody listening. You oh. can stay. Oh, great. Yeah. Uh, if everybody listening doesn't like mangoes, I don't even care if you're like, oh, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to talk again until you take your earbuds out and get out of here. But how will they... All right. Let's just assume they've done it, yeah? Anyway, thanks to uh, Jess, Al, and Stephen for writing in some questions. If you guys would like to hit us up, uh, Facebook, we are The Cave Podcast. Twitter and Instagram, we are The Cave underscore podcast. And, of course, you can hit us up at thecave at nomoreradio.com as well. Hey, Paul, we've only got a little bit of time left. Would you like to do another quick chapter of your Choose Your Own Grab Venture? Yes, I can't wait to see where what perils I will be in next. All right, we've only got a little bit of time. So last week, where we left you, uh, you had just confronted uh, Branton Shoebox, who have tied up Lady and Little Boy in the comic book shop. You've uh, just advanced to a level two beardy human. You have a can of shark repellent, which is a prop, a wooden spoon. You've just uh, discovered that the bullies have found a book called How to Bring Daddy Back, Your Mini Quest is to try and get that book in order to save the storekeeper of the comic book shop and potentially bring him back to life. Are you all up to date, Paul? Yeah. Right, so at this point, you have three choices. You need to get the book off the bullies. You can either fight them, you can try and reason with them, or you can challenge them. Or What do you want to do? It's your choose-your-own-grab-venture. Um... I want to challenge them. You want to challenge them? Well, I'm going to give you two uh, choices on how you can challenge them. Are you sure 100% that that is what you want to do? I'm 99% sure. Okay, you're going to try challenge them. All right, well, take it away. You can just try talk to the boys at this point, and then I'm going to let you know how it's going to work. Hey, 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 mean boys. Yeah, that's right. I'm talking to you, you meanies. What the Do you fuck? think you can beat this? What, what the Well, f- I challenge you to a, a, a duel, but not in the way that you're thinking. What? Oh, I'm going to kick this guy's ass. Of, of wits. So you've got, uh, you've got Brant and Shoebox are the names, just in case you want to know. Brant, Shoebox. Hear me, hear me now. What the fuck do you want, now, mate? I, I can tell by your very names that your father didn't hold you enough but that's okay 
because I will hold you transfixed by the power of knowledge with a battle of wits. Paul, this is how you're going to try and get to convince them that you need that book. The only way they're going to give you the book is like, fuck, you think you know more than I do? I don't know where this guy's from specifically. Somewhere vaguely European, I think. Look, mate. Makes sense. I tell you what. I'm going to read you some questions from the world's greatest comics quiz book from 1978 by Jerry Robson. (laughs) And if you can get 10 out of these 20 questions right, you can have the fucking book. I don't care, mate. 10 out of 20? Oh my god, okay. So he picks up the book. It's the world's greatest comics quiz book, uh, which has been featured on the cave before. He's going to tell you, it's just one question here. There's 20 uh, different things. Which superheroes lurk behind the cover of these seemingly mundane characters? I'm going to give you 20 alter egos, Paul, and if you can get at least half of them right, the bullies will uh, concede and they will give you the book, uh, How to Bring Daddy Back. Are you ready? I stand unafraid, but slightly sweaty. The way this is going to work, I'm going to give you the name of the alter ego, and you can ask if you think you're stuck. I can also give you the occupation of that alter ego. Okay, great. Let's do it. Okay, so I'm going to keep a little tally here, and I'm going to get the answers ready on this other page just so I'm ready. Okay, so we're going to start easy. It's going to get harder as we go along. All right, who's Peter Parker? Spiderman. Spiderman is correct. Bruce Banner. Is the Hulk green, the man? Is the Hulk. Matt Murdock. Is a daredevil. Is daredevil. Uh, Donald Blake. Donald Blake. He's a, Keep in mind, this is, is a, a book. man. This is a book from 1978. I can give you the occupation if you need. Yeah, give me the occupation. He's a doctor. Dr. Donald Blake is the lizard. No, he is not. Uh, Johnny Storm. Very good. Is a fireman? No, he's the human torch. Yeah, the human torch. I know. Come uh, on. You said fireman. All right. No, come on. Yeah. That was jokes. What can I say? Shoebox is a stickler for the rules. And so is Brant. Who knew? Who knew? Alan Scott. Radio announcer. Great Scott. Alan Scott. What's what does Alan Scott do for for a job? He's a radio announcer, and I tell you, he is the original blonde version of this character from DC Comics. Alan Scott is, of course, the Aquarium Man. No, he's the original Green Lantern. Uh, Wesley Dodds. Wesley Dodds. Uh, is uh, he's uh, Blade. No, he is, in fact, the original Sandman. Johnny... Oh, sorry, not Johnny. Just John. John Sterling. He is a scientist. John Sterling is the the Sterling Silverman. No, he's the... Silver Surfer. The Vigilante. Johnny Chambers. Very good. Johnny Chambers. Uh, Johnny Chambers uh, helped write the 36 Chambers by Wu-Tang Clan. No, that is Steel... uh, Steel Sterling is his name. Johnny Chambers is, of course, still stern. Oh, hang on. No, Paul, I fucked you up there. Ha-ha! John Sterling is still Sterling. And because I fucked up, I'm just going to give that one to you. Uh, Number 10. also fucked that question. (laughs) Yeah, Johnny Chambers. Johnny Chambers. Yeah, I'm sticking with my Wu-Tang answer. No, that's Johnny Quick. 
Britt right. Reed. Uh, Mr. Fantastic? No, that is the Green Hornet. Uh, oh my God. Lamont Cranston. Oh, that sounds familiar. Yes, it's a... Didn't he just ask us a question? No, that was Al France. It was, um, uh, it's a movie. They made a movie adaptation in the very early 90s. It was ill-received. What was the name again? The name was Lamont Cranston. Occupation? And what's his occupation? Playboy. Playboy? And can you use it in a sentence? Uh, Lamont Cranston is a Playboy. Uh, <laughs> uh, Howard the Duck. No, he is the Shadow. Bruce Wayne. Gross. Bruce Wayne. He's, he's the Batman. Very good. Uh, you need four more. There are eight <laughs> left. Jim. Oh my God. Jim Corrigan. Uh, the inventor of corrugated iron. No, he is the Spectre. He is the Spectre. Lee Travis. Lee Travis, whose occupation is newspaperman. One word, newspaperman. Ah, the newspaperman. No, he is the... (laughs) Black and white and red all over. The Crimson Avenger. Uh, Reed Richards. Reed Richards. Ah, is is the Mr. Fantastic. Mr. Fantastic, very good. Stretch Uh, boy, stretch boy. Kip Burland. Kip Burland. Kip Burlap, the inventor of the burlap sack. No, uh, I tell you what, I'm going to let you have one more guess, and I'm going to let you know that a burlap sack is a pretty good clue as to who this guy is. Oh my god. Um, Imagine if you put it on your head. What would happen then? Oh, then you'd be a scary crow. No, uh, you wouldn't, but it would be pretty dark, right? Dark man. No, he's the Black Hood. The Black oh, God damn Hood. It. Uh, all right, you've got three more. You need to get all three of these correct, or some shit's going to go down on this Choose Your Own Grab Venture. Uh, Dan Garrett. He's a rookie cop. Dan Garrett. He's uh, the rookie cop turned superhero called... I'd go, I'd go, I'd go a colour the... and, a, and a, some kind of animal, if you really want to try and get this the, right. The Green Dragon... The Blue Beetle is the correct answer. The Blue Bugface. All right, at this Good. point, Shoebox and Brant, they've had enough. They, they're, they're pissed off. They're, they're sick of the shenanigans. You've only got seven right. You can't get ten right. So shit's going to go down. You've got to either reason with them at this point or it's time to fight. What do you want to do? Shoebox and what was the other ones then? Brant. Brant is the leader. Shoebox is the goon. Okay, Brant, Shoebox. Can you just look over your shoulder? There's something really cool behind you. No. They knock you out. They knock you out. They're sick of this shit. God damn it. They knock you out. You wake up and you're in the back room. And we're going to pick up there next week on this Choose Your Own Grab Venture. So basically all that... I suck at this. (laughs) All that happened this episode is that you basically failed a quiz and then you got punched in the head. Yep, story of my life. Yep, you always try to reason. You gotta, you gotta keep in mind. I really want you to fight. I spend a lot of time working out the fight mechanics of this game. You always just want to talk yep. about it. So from now on, everyone. Well, I find there's more drama in the words than the fisticuffs. Mm, well, that's what happens when you do this because now you're knocked out and you're in the back room. <laughs> so not much has happened in that right, episode. So I... Yeah, but also enough has happened in that episode. I think. Yeah, great. 
<laughs> um, all right, let's give them all the details of the stuff where people can find us. Uh, if you guys want to contact us, of course, we are the cave at nomoreradio.com, the cave underscore podcast on Twitter and Instagram. You can also hit us up on Facebook. We are the cave podcast. And of course, the webpage to find this podcast is omni.fm forward slash shows forward slash the cave you can find us on itunes google play stitcher and all good podcast apps like podcast addict uh please like and subscribe and all that stuff share it around the more people know about the podcast the more popular it gets and the easier it is for us to make some sweet sweet stuff for you guys oh yeah and if you want to find me i'll be playing super mario odyssey anywhere i am yeah, that's right. Uh, and also, like, with the iTunes things, only if you guys want to. If you want to go onto our iTunes page, uh, write a review, uh, give us some stars. That always helps uh, to let more people know that the podcast is out there. Because we like doing this regardless, but it would be fun to have a lot more people checking it out. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and even if you don't want to leave us a review, do it anyway. Yeah, just just do it. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. Cause what the hell? Like, why not? What's wrong pod- with you guys? This podcast is for free. Come on. It's for free. Help us yeah. out. What do you want? What do you want? Are you want a free, free Apple as well? We can get you an Apple. Yeah, we'll get you an Apple. If you write us a review, we'll get you an Apple. There, that's a pretty good deal. And we'll keep all the doctors away. Yeah. We're kind of like the reverse vampires. Yeah. Great. Uh, wait, what? <laughs> reverse, again? reverse vampires? I don't get it. Yeah, we're letting them keep their blood by letting them be cool with doctors and there's no doctors to take all your blood. Huh. Okay, well, until next time, I'm Shane Adams, Zach. I'm a spooky ghost man. Oh, Calablunga. Super Mario Odyssey. I'm serious, you guys. Super Mario Odyssey. Is it good? Aisle 5. Is it actually good? Aisles 1 to 12, Super Mario Odyssey. It's the brand new TV show about people watching TV. Goggle. Goggle box. Goggle box. What's the actual point of the show? Me watching someone else watching television. Sounds a bit weird. It is something I definitely will not and will never watch.